Welcome to Cinema Chop Shop. Watch Chop Retrofit. So I think that complaining about wearing a mask in a business is equivalent to refusing to wear your seatbelt in somebody else's car by keeping your hand over one of their eyes. <laughs> but this is not a National Traffic Safety Board podcast. Welcome to Season 8, Episode 11 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen, so why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Travisiting Hours, uh-huh. a.k.a. Travascular Surgeon, oh, shit. a.k.a. Travisectomy. Oh, that might happen for real, though. Uh, and I'm joined, as always, here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, the editor, Medication, a.k.a. Sean Q., a.k.a. Carrie Sean Doctor, <laughs> a.k.a. Sean Flew Over the Chop Shop. <laughs> We are also extremely excited to welcome back to the show the Chop Shop Regulator, Universal Chelf Care, a.k.a. A Cure for Chelness, a.k.a. St. Chelsware. Oh, I love it. Very nice, very nice. And it's a rare occasion. We've got somebody in our fourth seat. It is our extreme pleasure to welcome to the show first-time guest, longtime friend, he's practically family, Doc Jollywood. A.K.A. Dr. Damhatton. A.K.A. House Call Harry. <laughs> Dr. Julian, thank you for being here. I'll take Dr. Damhatton. I'll, I'll take that. Dr. Damhatton. I thought Damhatton. of that on the way yes, over here. I yes. Uh, I am an all-powerful god. <laughs> <laughs> and also um, a medical doctor. And you were thinking about becoming a what? I had an offer to be a writer for a television show at once. At what one time? Tell me more. I I had uh, one of my very good friends. Whenever I was uh, working in summer camp, was uh, we used to write skits together and perform them, and had a lot of good time. And it was extremely amateur. Yeah. And uh, never in any kind of professional setting whatsoever. And I spontaneously get a telephone call from him one day while I am in medical school and says, Julian, what are you doing? And I said, I'm in med school. <laughs> he goes, no, you're not. You're working in television. And I said, I'm in Charleston, South Carolina, and I am most assuredly in medical school. But he said, no, I have a job for you. And I was like, you are full of Shit. Yes. I I did not know the rating of this show. Yes. Oh, yeah. We cuss. Full, it said, <laughs> this is you the... are full of shit. And he goes, I will prove it to you. Look for your mail in the next few days. And I received a letter on the letterhead of the famous 1980s show Remington Steel oh, no. <laughs> from my friend Dan, who said, Jules, I wasn't kidding. I write for this show and I told them I have to have my writing part. Uh-huh. And I was and you are you have a job. Yeah. Get in the fucking car and come to California. And I called him back and I said, Dan, no, I'm in medical school. I have a career. I think you made the right decision. I, you know, it haunts me <laughs> to this day. Yes. Further description of the show. The tagline says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. 
quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Put a poultice on it. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes the prognosis is positive. All right, that brings us to our first segment, and that's going to be movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to pay attention to stories that relate to our show or relate to our topic of the week or to cinema in general, or maybe that our listeners just might find interesting. Uh, And unfortunately this week, we do have to start it off with two RIPs. Uh, First, the Disney animator Dale Bayer, Dale Bayer, who was an animator on The Emperor's New Groove, Winnie the Pooh and the Lion King, has passed away at the age of 70 due to complications from ALS, also known as amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, otherwise known as Lou Gehrig's disease. Lou Gehrig's disease. Go and damn Yankees. So rest in peace and rest in power to him. And speaking of baseball, uh, Braves legend Hank Aaron also passed away just today, right? Yes. As of this recording. Uh, he was a Hall of Famer and longtime home run king. Lewis Hank Aaron died Friday morning. His daughter confirmed to WSB-TV in Atlanta. The Atlanta Braves legend was 86. He appeared as himself in several documentaries and TV shows, as well as just being an all-around awesome baseball player. Uh, There was no cause of death given, but once again, rest in peace and rest in power to them. Next, we're moving into some more cinematic news stories. Nicolas Cage. (laughs) Can't do it. Nick Cage lands the role of a lifetime in Willy's Wonderland, murdering evil animatronic beasts. Do we know anything else? I've seen the trailer. It's it, Does he, it look awesome. Yeah, like his his hair's dyed super black, which is funny in and of itself. And he's having car trouble in is this Wonderland or whatever it's called. The guy says, "You know, come in. You clean up for the night. You can stay here tonight. We'll get your car fixed free of charge." But there's a catch. The All robots the, come to life. Oh yeah, duh. Willy Wonka. They're making a prequel film. Originally, I thought they were saying it was going to be a series, but now they're saying it's a film about uh, Willy Wonka's time before the Chocolate Factory. So a younger Willy Wonka uh, out of Warner Brothers. And they're looking at Thomas Hollande and Timothée Chalamet <laughs> as possible um, actors for the role of Wonka. I wonder if it's about how he conquered and subjugated the Oompa Loompas. I'm pretty sure that has to factor into it, right? He's a slaver. It's probably going to be less sinister than that. Who's going to play Cesar Chavez? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so Sundance 2021, the film festival for the first time, film fans can stream all of the festival slate in the safety of and comfort of their own homes. And I went and looked at the website. It is, you can do individual show pricing. I think it's $15, which is a deal if more than one person is watching it. Sure. Uh, or you can get day passes, you can get week passes, or you can just get the winner's pass where you only see the ones that won their category. But we get it for free because we're in the industry. Obviously. Yeah. They checked our SAG credentials. Good. My credentials are sagging. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think that's a great move on their part. Searchlight gets Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley for December and French Dispatch still no updates as to when it will be released. Uh, Searchlight appears to be giving Nightmare Alley the same rollout the studio used for The Shape of Water. The ensemble cast includes Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, Rooney Mara, Willem Dafoe, Richard Jenkins, and Ron Perlman. It's crazy. Del Toro loves some Ron Perlman. Oh, he does. 
Uh, next up, sad news report. Dave Chappelle tests positive for COVID-19 and has had to cancel his shows that he was doing in his yard in Ohio. Uh, so hope things work out for him and that he gets well soon. <laughs> this is not a surprise. Guess what? No Time to Die has been delayed once again. Nice. Talking about the newest James Bond film and the last in the Daniel Craig era. I still want to see it. I mean, I watched the James Bond movies. Jules? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, my my wife, Daniel Craig, is her, her exception. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Jen Lawrence is mine. And then uh, one more story that, speaking of wives, my lovely wife, Michelle, told me not to do this one, but I want to. Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina candle from Goop reportedly exploded in a customer's home. This candle is sold on her website, Goop, and it's supposed to smell like her orgasm. Description, tart, tantalizing fragrance made with pink grapefruit, neroli, which I don't know what that is, and ripe cassis berries. Does anybody want to guess how much the Goop vagina scented candle costs? Shame. Shame. <laughs> costs shame. Lots of shame. Any idea? No. You don't want to do prices right style? Um, $350. That's what I would have guessed also. Chelsea's not going to guess because she actually knows how much it costs. It's the uh, it's in the $75 range. Okay. $75 range. I told you her pussy was the bomb. Oh. <laughs> you should Great be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> All right. That will wrap us up on movie news for this week. And does anybody hear the phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Howdy, choppers. Nothing to report this week. Enjoy a victory lap around the yard. See you next week. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. I really appreciate it. We uh, we kind of fell into that no mistakes episode, but uh, we also appreciate your service. And I will get my steps in here in the yard. So that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, uh, bringing us to the theme of the episode. Because of the times, uh, the new times, and in tribute to all of our frontline medical staff, doctors, nurses, hospital employees, we're going to be talking about hospital slash doctor movies today. And this is the perfect episode to have our good friend Dr. Julian on. And Sean, you had a question for yeah. the doc, right? Yeah. Um, as a Does this look infected? No, no. <laughs> uh, as a physician, what do you see most that doctors slash hospital movies get right? And what do you see most that they get wrong? One of my favorite shows is Bones. I love that mm -hmm. show. I Before I started doing family medicine, I actually did pathology. So I was, uh, I loved the show. It was, uh, and they have an excellent medical advisor for the show. I know this because I both know the person uh -huh. and I know the quality of medicine on that show. But they would strategically just butcher the pro pronunciation of one or two words mm. during the show. And I, I swear they did it just to make people like me just grit <laughs> their teeth <laughs> to dust. I mean, I have I have several dental bills that I need to send to <laughs> Kathy Reichs so she can pay them because it's like if she... She was the advisor for that show and to Patricia Cornwall, and she can afford it. Yes. <laughs> right on. And I have a question as well. Um, 
what is the craziest thing you've ever seen while working as a doctor or in a hospital? Okay, well, this is this is the best story. Anytime anybody asks me tell a story of you know tales of the medical world, I always tell this story. Um, this guy comes in comes into my office and he's saying, "Well, see what it is. See, is I um I've been having this swelling in my belly for about three months now, and and I was I was sitting there and I just decided it was worms." And I'm going, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, worms is not a big problem in the in the uh, first world. But, you know, yeah, I got worms. And um, so what I did is I went to Walmart and I went to the pet aisle. And I got me um, a dose for a 150-pound dog, a wormer. And I took that. And I'm going, uh-huh. <laughs> and he goes, um, yeah. And I took it. And, and I shot out a bunch of worms. And I felt a lot better. But then about a month or two later, my belly started getting full again, and I figured I still had worms, so I came to see you. And I said, Holy um, shit. And so I'm sitting there going, okay, first of all, before I say anything, I just want to say this. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. To every no. part. No, uh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. I would love to say that this is like in a emphasis for dramatic purpose no uh -huh. this is pretty much the way it went down yeah um and then i said and i'm gonna say this one more time because i'm getting ready to invalidate what i just said no <laughs> and now i'm gonna say what i had to say okay first of all though highly ill-advised i cannot tell you how ill-advised you have somehow stumbled upon the correct diagnosis and wow so so well advised you have stumbled upon though a horribly horribly amateur and incomplete treatment it is somewhat correct and i god oh, god i hesitate to say this but oh my god yeah, <laughs> you do not treat yourself out of the pet aisle of Walmart. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going to, I think you do have worms and I'm going to write you a prescription for a human, human wormer. <laughs> and, uh, and you're going to take this and then you're going to do the thing that you did wrong is two, a week later, you're going to take the second dose because Let's get, I'm going to say this for emphasis because the worms, you killed the worms, but not their eggs. Mm. And they just grew back. And if you don't kill the eggs, then they're going to keep coming back. So here's your prescription for the human wormer. And um, take this to the pharmacy and get it filled and take the repeat dose in a week. And because I know you're probably never going to come see me again as a patient because I probably really made you upset. I'm going to just say this once. I have one last question. You watch a lot of House, don't you? Oh, hell yeah, Doc. I love that show. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you should be watching Bones. Well, that was yeah. both hilarious and very disturbing. Uh, that brings us to our next segment, which is going to be the Midnight Double Feature, where we go around the panel and we each talk about two films that are within our topic for the week this week being hospital or doctor movies. And we talk about how they're related to each other or why they would make a good pairing in a double feature. And Chelsea, you are going first or second? I can go first. Okay. Um, I'm stealing Sean's just because I liked one of them uh -huh. a lot. And you're a thief. 
Yeah, uh, pretty much. But the one I'm going to talk about is from 2004 called Something the Lord Made with okay. Alan Rickman and Mose Def nice. about the invention of the bypass surgery. Okay. It was... What year was it, did you say? Uh, 2004. Okay. And what year did Alan Rickman pass away? Ooh. Like, like a year and a half. 2016, 2018, yeah. something like that. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, he will be missed. Rest in peace. All right. What are you going to pair that with? Um, I'm pairing it with uh, Sean's movie, The Doctor. I'll let you... I'll let him okay. tell you about it. All right. Yeah. I'll talk about The Doctor. The Doctor's from 1991, uh, stars William Hurt, uh, Christine Lottie, and Elizabeth Perkins. Okay. And it's based on the book, A Taste of My Own Medicine. It's uh, about a doctor who gets uh, a tumor on his uh, vocal cords Ooh. and uh, basically has to go through his own hospital as a patient and seeing it from the other point of view. And much like a movie we're going to discuss later, this movie succeeds in actually making you feel you know, that a doctor could believably say, yeah, let's, uh, let's make some changes. Let's, let's humanize our experience with our patients. Um, so I picked that one specifically to go with the film from 1989 called gross anatomy. Okay. And this stars Matthew Modine and Z Daphne Zuniga with Christine Lottie, the aforementioned oh, okay. Christine Lottie. It's about a freshman who's very, uh, intelligent and he becomes a pre-med major and, um, takes the hardest class he can and uh, his friends and they're you know going through gross anatomy uh, but of course as movies are there's romance there's difficulties and uh, you know is hurdles. there an extemi no but there are some cool uh, connective tissue between both of these films uh, uh, let's see Zakes uh, Mokae hmm. he's South African he is uh, a doctor in both of the films cool he's from Waterworld Serpent and the Rainbow and Outbreak Oh wow! Which we just covered, and I just rewatched Waterworld too. Uh, mix, you know, going back to the Doctor for a second, it also stars Mandy Patinkin and Adam Arkin, who starred in the TV show Chicago Hope with Christine Lottie. Yes, so and Adam Arkin is Alan Arkin's son. Correct. Right on. So there's a lot of cool, you know, similarities between them in terms of the cast members. Okay, and before I do mine, I'd like to hear Doctor Jules. Do you have a favorite doctor movie or favorite hospital movie i have two interesting movies i was okay. not invited to last week's episode which i'm very um yeah. miffed about you should be i should be but uh my my uh two would be two movies that came out about the same time and they show an absolute contrast between the, the addressing of a topical issue is contagion and outbreak ah okay came out at the same time contagion is an extremely realistic uh portrayal of how and out how basically living what we are living through right it is an extremely realistic portrayal whereas and, outbreak they expected us to believe that renee russo would ever go for dustin hoffman yeah basically outbreak is the avengers version of the, a pandemic avengers version of the cdc okay and, um it's just as realistic as the avengers nice yeah <laughs> all right good pairing uh i am gonna go with a couple of little bit different direction. I went with the uh, mental hospital route. Okay. So the first one needs no introduction. Uh, it's from, looking at, there we go. It's from 1975. It's called One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And it is directed by Milos Forman. Uh, he also did Amadeus and The People versus Larry Flint. 
uh, Man on the Moon. It's got a 94% on Rotten Tomatoes based on the 1962 novel by Ken Kesey. And uh, so it stars Jack Nicholson as uh, kind of ne'er-do-well, kind of a low-life guy. He gets into trouble and decides to pretend to be insane because he hears that uh, it's easier than going. He hears that it's easier than going to jail. Uh, when Randy Patrick McMurphy, played by Jack Nicholson, gets transferred for evaluation from a prison farm to a mental institution, he assumes that it will be less restrictive. But the marinette nurse. Nurse Ratched, played by Louise Fletcher, runs the psychiatric ward with an iron fist, keeping her patients cowed through abuse, medication, and sessions of electroconvulsive therapy. The battle of wills between the rebellious McMurphy and the inflexible Ratched soon affects the ward's patients. The film is also, in addition to many other great performances, the debut for Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, and who, Sean? Brad Dorif. Oh, that's right. Yes, he's Billy Billy Bibbit or whatever. Yep. Uh, filming took place on location in Salem, Oregon, which is 10 minutes from where I was born, and the surrounding area, as well as on the Oregon coast. The producers decided to shoot the film in the Oregon State Hospital, an actual mental hospital, as this was also the setting of the novel. Side note, shout out to my amazing Grandma Patty who worked from 1987 until 2005 as a pharmacy tech at the Oregon State Hospital. Oh, wow. She's nice. not Nurse Ratched, though, because that was way earlier. And she told me today, I was I was talking to her earlier today because she's awesome and we talk. Uh, she said that I went, I went <laughs> with her on a walkout. Employees from the hospital oh, cool. walked out and were protesting... Um, overcrowding at the hospital. It was majorly criticized in the late 80s, early 90s for overcrowding. And it wasn't until the 80s that they stopped doing lobotomies. Uh, but she said, yeah, we walked up and down Center Street and uh, protested and you had a great time. So once again, shout out to Grandma Patty. And then I'm pairing this with the poor man's One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It's called The Dream Team. So The Dream Team is a 1989 American comedy thriller, not that thrilling, uh, from Howard Zeef, who also directed Private Benjamin, My Girl 1 and 2. Uh, it's got a 57% on Rotten Tomatoes. When psychiatrist Dr. Weitzman takes four mental patients on an outing to a Yankee game, Billy, played by Michael Keaton, is a nihilistic author. Henry, played by Christopher Lloyd, he's one of the ties that binds here, lost his bearings while working as a mailman. Jack, played by the great Peter Boyle, thinks he's the world's scapegoat, and he also basically just has a Christ complex. And the childlike Albert, played by Stephen First. Uh, Stephen First was Flounder in Animal House. Okay. Basically, they get stopped in New York, or they stop so that one of them can go to the bathroom in New York, and the doctor witnesses a murder and gets knocked out. And before the perpetrators of the murder can get rid of him, they get scared off and he gets taken away in an ambulance and the four mental patients are left to fend for themselves in New York City. Uh, it's much more lighthearted and uh, it, not nearly as heavy as One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, but there's a lot of parallels. So yeah, that's my double feature. Are we ready for the feature segment? This is the recast and this is where we take a predetermined film that we've all seen and we talk about it a little bit. And then we hypothetically recast a few of the main actors with 
contemporary actors who are at the height of their powers. And so the first movie that's going to get that treatment is The Hospital from 1971. And I heard you guys giggling earlier. What did you think about this movie? I liked it as a comedy and uh-huh. a satire yeah. of you know, the bureaucracy of a hospital and how chaotic it can be. Yes. It's a heightened, elevated uh, display. Um, so I kind of liked it, but I want to hear what uh, Dr. Julian has to say about it. Very I excited. went into this totally blind. I, okay. had, I had never heard of this movie. I had never... I, I was astounded to find out that it won the best screenplay actor. Okay. I mean, uh, Oscar, which I want to know what it was running against because really that had to be a travesty. Um, and holy cow, Patty Chayefsky went on to do much better work, in my opinion. Uh, his next film after this was Network, and then his last yeah. film was Altered States, both of which I love. Yeah. And uh, this movie, wow, it seemed like it was... Um, you took the monologue from Dr. Evil when he was in therapy okay. and expanded it out to an entire movie. And, uh, and I could not escape that the entire time I'm watching it. I keep on expecting to say stuff about meat helmets and, you know, and going on about the, the you know, glories of a shorn scrotum. The dialogue was very... Um very strained yeah yeah it, it it's basically if you took you know aaron sorkin and then tried him to try to make him even more pretentious and ostentatious <laughs> which is difficult to do so no. as we said uh 1971's the hospital is a satirical comedy uh directed by arthur hiller it was it has a 100 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. That is astounding. Uh, so Arthur Hiller, Hiller, the director, not the writer, also directed Outrageous Fortune. Do you remember that one mm-hmm. with yeah. Shelley Long and yeah. Bette Midler? And uh, Oh, he also directed The Babe, See No Evil, Hear No Evil, and Silver Streak. So he had a, a brief time where he was working with uh, those two. We've got Herbert Bach, played by George C. Scott, the chief of medicine in a New York City teaching hospital. He's contemplating suicide. He's impotent. And his wife has left him and his children aren't speaking to him. His hospital is also suffering from a recent spate of inexplicable deaths. In the midst of these setbacks, Bach is romantically drawn to the much younger Barbara, played by Diane Rigg. And Diane Rigg, amazing actress, most recently, uh, right before she she passed away, she was on Game of Thrones as um, the House of Tyrell, the Lady of the House of the Rose. Right, and so um, rest in peace to her as well. Barbara, whose father is a patient. As Barbara restores Bach's will to live, it turns out that the hospital deaths are murders. Uh, So the roles that we're going to recast, we've just mentioned them. We've got Herb Bach, Dr. Bach, played by George C. Scott, who was 44 at the time. Then, Then we've got Barbara, played by Diane Rigg. Is it Diane or Diana? Diana? Diana Rigg. Uh, who was 33 at the time. And then we've got Edward Drummond, played by Barnard Hughes. And what were you telling me that he went on to be the grandpa in what? Uh, Lost Boys. Oh, that's right. And that reminded me, we were going to have a, this is a, this is a little teaser. We're going to have a Two Corys episode coming up in a few weeks. Deep cuts. Those are the roles that we're going to recast. Who wants to go first? Chelsea? Special guest should go first. Okay, go for it. Okay, well, well keeping on my theme of uh 
that I couldn't get the meat helmets out of my head. Uh -huh. um, I have recast this as as a uh, unit. It is a themed recasting um, because of because of her buck. I could not get it past. So of course he is being played by Mike Myers as Doctor Evil. Oh, okay, <laughs> over to you, Chelsea. Uh, so my actor was in um, Legends of the Fall, mm -hmm. Dreamcatcher. The Haunting of Hill House, Haunting of Bly Manor, and a little movie called E.T. Mm -hmm. I went with Henry Thomas. Yeah. He can be intense. Yeah, he can. Like at the beginning, I see him in, doing. In the haunting uh, shows, I can't remember which series it was. Is he in both of them playing a different character? Mm -hmm. He is very haunting. He, yeah. Nice. Um, okay, over you, Sean. Uh, I wanted to up the comedy even further on this mm -hmm. movie. I went with a 44-year-old actor who is also bombastic, much like George C. Scott. Yeah. Um, he's been in films such as Up in the Air, This is the End, and Pineapple Express. I went with Danny McBride. Danny McBride. <laughs> Kenny fucking Powers. All right. Well, my pick for the role of Herb Bach is also 44 now. He was in Jeff Who Lives at Home. The Dodeca Pentathlon, Creep 1 and 2, and The League. His name is Mark Duplis. I shopped him. Mark Duplis yep. is my actor for Good that. Pick. Next up, we've got Miss Barbara Drummond, played by Diana Rigg, who was 33 at the time. And who did you have in mind for this one? I, uh, because I am going with a theme, mm -hmm. I would have uh, her played by Miss Kensington herself, uh, Elizabeth Hurley. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, cannot believe that that stuttering nincompoop would cheat on her. Uh, over to you, Chelsea. Your pick for Miss Barbara Drummond. Um, she's batshit crazy. Hmm. She's crazy, but the like person, in a fun the person way. Person who's playing the role, your pick? No, no. no oh. Well, yeah, but okay. her character in this film is also pretty crazy. Oh yeah. But like in a a fun kind of way. So my actress was in uh, the Hunger Games series. Um, so was everyone else. Yeah. Right. So that's really not anything. I don't know any of these films. Oh, Antebellum. I like Antebellum. Um, I went with Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone's amazing. Because she's kind of crazy, yes. but in a fun so way. She's, yes. she's yes. been an actress the majority of her life. She started as a child actress, and you could already see that she was going to have the chops, as we like to say. All right, good pick. Over to you, Sean. So I went with a 33-year-old actress as well. You know, uh, Diana Rigg, her character was kind of like a... Almost like a parody of the 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 dying of the hippie era because I mean she was living yes. you know in Mexico with all the the natives and and you know she she fell in love with him very quickly yeah and because why not you know you we, we had sex three times in one night you know so anyway uh, this actress uh, was in the originals on the CW she was uh, in Pretty Little Liars uh, she was in a film called Slam which I had not seen. But uh, she's going to be playing the role of Clarice Starling in the upcoming Ooh. Clarice TV series. Yeah. She bears a striking resemblance. Her name is Rebecca Breeds. Okay. Rebecca Breeds. I'm not familiar with her, but I am looking forward to that show. I think that's going to be cool. And I think it's a cool take on it. All right. It's my turn. My actress. This is kind of a weird one, um, which I guess the character is kind of weird anyway. Mm -hmm. But... 
My actress is 33 now as well. Uh, she was she's mostly in stuff when she was a kid. She's in Miracle on 34th Street, Sean's favorite, Mrs. Doubtfire, and Matilda. Her name is Mara Wilson. Mara Wilson. She was the little girl in Matilda. So moving it on to our third role, third and final for this film is the role of Edward Drummond. Um, we know that, she, that he is Barbara's father and we know that he's a patient in the hospital. His role becomes more developed oh, later yeah. in the film. Yeah, third act. The original actor was Bernard Barnard Hughes, uh, who was 56 at the time. And Doc, who are you going with for this? Uh, I'm going to continue with my theme. Uh huh. And it will be number two himself. Yes. Show that turd who's boss, Robert Wagner. Robert Wagner. I like nice. it. That's nice. cool. All right, Chelsea, your pick. Uh, my actor was in The Help. He was also in Will and Grace. And if you watch TikTok, he's pretty famous. I went with Leslie Jordan. Ooh. What are y'all doing? Screwing. <laughs> I don't know this. The All little right. tiny guy. The little tiny guy. Like I don't four, watch TikTok. He's like four no, 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 but you've watched Will and Grace. Elf into an actual person. Uh-huh. It would be. Let's yeah. Say. All right. I'm back on board. Living in trees and shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, Sean, your turn. All right. So I went with a 57-year-old actor. He has a he has the ability to play some disturbed characters, and I think this one would be the one. Um, he was in Gothica. Huh. He was in Fargo. He was in Zodiac, and he was in The Founder. Everyone loves him as Mr. Jingles on American Horror Story. I went oh. with John Carroll Lynch. Oh yeah, he was on the Drew Carey show too. Yeah. He yeah. was he, he was the uh, brother, the yeah. transvestite brother. He's a great actor, and uh, yeah. At the time, they still used the phrase transvestite, so I'm not wrong. Uh, so my pick for Edward Drummond is 61 now. He's in Get Out. He's in Cabin in the Woods. He was on The West Wing and is currently on The Handmaid's Tale. Tale. His name is Bradley Whitford. Good pick. Bradley Whitford is going to be the dad. And he's he's a little bit older, but right around in the the right age range. Right? (laughs) All right. So final thoughts on the film? I liked it for what it was. I didn't know anything about this movie. Yeah, I I was kind of on the fence. And I think that my review uh, showed that. I think I, I gave it like two and a half out of five. Yeah, I... It's silly, and I didn't. I didn't expect it to be that silly. You recommend the doctor? I do. Um, That's my favorite hospital movie. But when you look up hospital movies, like the best hospital movies, this is number one on everybody's list. It's got a one hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, Yeah. and I don't buy that. I felt like it needed a. um, It needed a little bit of Mel Brooks in there. Yes. Oh, (laughs) to elevate the comedy. Yeah. All right. Thank you very much. And with that, we're going to head into intermission, but not before we say, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some vaccinations. All right, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis. And I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us on iTunes or 
and, and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like make it a whole pyramid scheme, get the people under them yeah. to do it. And multiply a podsy it. scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show. Don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinema chop shop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. All right. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. When we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer, check-ins. And we've got a new one today. <clears throat> this is one I've been hyping. What is it? It's Adios Amigo. Adios Amigo. Ironically launched on uh, Inauguration Completely Day. ironically. Just coincidental. And that was, told. that was a, a really fun time with the pop pop-up taco shop. Yeah, it was great. So this is a, sum- a seminar brewing beer. It's a... Uh, SeminarBrewing.com Mexican Lager. Ooh, All right. Delightful. It tastes very, very. It's just very. Ay, 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 ay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, while we enjoy that, we're going to go ahead and continue into our next segment, which is the 2021 Movie Marathon. Uh, this is where anybody who would like to participate, we try to watch as many movies as we can throughout the calendar year. It's not a leap year again, is it? No. Okay, so only 365 this year. Uh, Sean always goes over. We check them in on Letterboxd and Twitter, and we tell you which ones we like and didn't like, right? That's right. And do you want to start us off? Uh, Yeah. Number 21 for me, Arch Enemy. Arch Enemy. This stars Joe Meglianella. I can't say his name. Meglianella. Meglianella. The guy from uh, True Blood that's married Mm -hmm. to... Sophia, Sophia Vergara. Vergara. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a not a fully realized film. I mean, this film just, it was kind of half-assed, but it was a cool premise. It's about a guy who claims to have been a superhero on his version of Earth, and he's fallen through a rift in the dimensional portal, and now he's just some homeless dude in our world. Huh. And he's convinced a brother and sister that he is legit, and he is trying to fight for... Uh, his ability to get back up to his proper his standing world. and back to where he's from. There's a lot of animation. Okay, like cool. Like comic book style animation overlapping the the live action. I like that. Um, do you remember the Max from like the late 90s, early yes. 2000s? The Max. It the was like Max. a comic book, uh, but it was also converted into an MTV animation no, series. I uh, it's essentially I was, the I same. I was lost in the <clears> desert. <throat> it was the same story, essentially. Over to you, Chelsea. Uh, I watched a 2018 film called Radium Girls. 
about the factory workers, the mm. the ones that painted the faces of watches and clocks. And the and paint had radium. Radiation. Okay. Had radium in it, and they're told to lick the brushes, and they all get really sick. You think? And they go after um, the corporation American Radium. Wow! Like in the thirties, it was so pretty good. Pretty serious. Um, yeah. Do they do they get into any kind of side dramas, like interpersonal stories or anything, or is it pretty? I much mean, a, a little. Up? It's a, it's about two sisters okay. that work in this factory. It's pretty much kind of about that. There's not like a romance or mm -hmm. this other stuff going on. Gotcha. I have a movie that I watched a while back, but uh, it's a really good movie and I haven't heard people talk about it very much and I would highly recommend it. It's called The Current War, which is oh, yeah. Tesla and Edison and it is magnificently acted and uh, is just an incredible movie. And I really enjoyed it because I, I know a lot about that. Uh -huh. that his, the history of the uh, the current wars and it has Westinghouse in there and it's just a really great movie. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed that too. All right, my first check-in for this week is going to be number 16 and it's News of the World, the 2020 Tom Hanks film. Tom Hanks plays a traveling newsman, Captain Jefferson Kyle Kidd, who encounters an orphaned child who had been kidnapped by the Kiowa people. And so he's um, he's a... He's a gentleman, he's an upstanding man, and so he does what he feels is the right thing to do, which is to try to get her back either to the to the Kiowa or to her original settlement. And along the way, he encounters a just a variety of uh, miscreants. Is that the right word? Miscreants? Sure. Uh, they're like, how much for the girl? He's like, she's not for sale. And they're like, well, why not? She she's a child, and <laughs> and uh, it was good. I I liked it. Tom Hanks um, never misses for me. I have one that I want to talk about, but I think you probably want to talk about it more. I didn't pick it. Okay. Oh well, then what I'll, is it? I'll mention it. It is the reason I jump. The I, reason I jump. I mentioned this last week when we were talking about uh, KinoMarquee.com. Yes. Uh, this is a documentary based on the book of the same name about how he interprets the world uh -huh. and it really offers a lot of insight and understanding into the behaviors of a lot of people on the spectrum if you've ever encountered them and this movie documentary kind of takes off from his book and looks into the lives of about five other cases but from like around the world around the world mm -hmm. and how autism is treated in some of these places as in like the caribbean mm -hmm. where they think they're devil children yeah and it's really frightening and sad but also some really great triumphant stories like um a, a boy and a girl who were friends from preschool who are both autistic and nonverbal, and how they've grown together to be best friends and how they do communicate through this um they spell out the they words. They spell out what they're trying to say. Okay. And there's some fantastic vignette stories about some wonderful, wonderful people. And I recommend it to anybody. Hands okay. down, watch this film. It's great. All right, Chelsea, you have another one? Yeah. Um, this, is an, this is a documentary from 2020. It's called Jasper Mall. Okay. I saw this um scrolling through the hbo max i watched the trailer of it because i was like what is this it's literally a year in the life of a dying mall in a small oh, town wow. oh it's great i loved this i loved it it's yeah, on um amazon like ghost towns now well it's on amazon prime too okay 
All right, my next one, I gave it five stars. I fucking love this movie. I wish it would have come out in 2020. It would have made my list of the top 20 films of 2020. Uh, it's from 2019, though, and it's called The Planters. Um, it's Mar- Peanuts. No, it's not. Uh, Martha Plant is going about her ritual of burying treasure for others to find and compensate her for when she takes when she takes in Sadie, a new rele- newly released mental patient with multiple personalities. It's got a very Wes Anderson-esque um, quality right down to the interspersed stop motion and claymation scenes. The movie The Planters, which I very much enjoyed, is from the writing-directing duo of Alexandra Kocheff and Hannah Leader. Hannah Leader. So um, check them out and stuff that they might have in the future. I watched um, a documentary. Uh, it's called Nick Nolte, No Exit. Okay. It's literally him interviewing himself about his life and his career with other actors kind of chiming in. Oh, it's I'm on re- board. It's pretty funny. Wow. There's a great story within like the first 10 minutes. They need to do that as like a series of films with different people. I want the I want the Gary Busey one. Yes. Oh, I want the yes. Cage one. Give me some Denzel, some Samuel L. Oh, wow. That's great. Tell me the name one more time. Uh, it's... Uh, Nick Nolte, No Exit. Nick also Nolte, no on exit. Amazon Prime. Very nice. <laughs> yes, if I could cast my patient in my warmer story, it would be Nick Nolte. Oh, nice. Wow. <laughs> All right, my final check-in for this week is number 22, and it's called Mogul Mowgli. And it is basically the same movie as Sound of Metal. Uh, just came out one year later. Except instead of a drummer who loses his hearing, this time Riz Ahmed is a British-Pakistani rapper on the brink of stardom when he is unexpectedly struck down with an autoimmune disease. Wow. And if The Sound of Metal had not come out prior to this, this would be an amazing movie because his performance is incredible. He does all of the rapping himself because he is a rapper also in real life. And uh, yeah, it's a shame that... he had two back-to-back projects that were so that's very similar. Similar, Interesting. Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap us up on the 21, 2021 movie marathon for this week, bringing us to the second part of our feature segment, The Recast Continued. Relapse. The Second Dose. And this one, Sean, I know you are dying to talk about it. It's Patch Adams. From 1998. Oh, I thought we were doing Snatch Adams. Earlier <laughs> in the week, he was like, man, I just wasted two hours of my life watching the porn parody. <laughs> but Patch Adams is a 1998 uh, film directed by Tom Shadiak, who also directed Ace Ventura, Liar Liar, and The Nutty Professor. Oh. It's based on the book, Kazuntite, Good Health is a Laughing Matter, by Patch Adams and Maureen Mylander. We got a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. After struggling with depression in a mental hospital, Hunter Patch Adams, played by the late Robin Williams, decides he wants to become a doctor. He enrolls at Virginia Medical University, but is disillusioned by the school's clinical perspective on patient care. With the aid of a wealthy friend, Adams opens his own medical clinic for those without insurance. He forms a deep bond with fellow medical student Karen Fisher, played by Monica Potter before a tragedy causes Adams to reevaluate his approach. And go. Oh, do you want me to go? Yes. I did not like this movie. 
you're not a Robin Williams fan to begin with. I'm not a Robin Williams fan to begin with. I don't find him funny, but also I didn't find his antics to be at all amusing or endearing whatsoever. And I was infuriated that all these people were laughing and egging him on and encouraging him. Meanwhile, you have two level-headed people in this entire film trying to keep order and they're cast as the bad people. And right. I just don't understand it. Um, did you notice that Alan Tudyk was in the film? In yes, the, uh, I did okay, notice when he that. Alan Tudyk. Yeah. yeah, when he was in the mental institution. Yes, he uh, played, he played a, a fabulously extravagant character but, for a brief uh, period of time. I saw this for the first time in the theater. Okay. And also had a similar sentiment that it was a little ridiculous and a little over the top. It's like it would never happen in real life, except it's based on a real dude. It, it is, but it's there's clearly a, a license liberties. that they've yeah. taken. How yeah, many liberties were taken. It's just not very believable. Hold on, I have a list of the liberties. No. <laughs> Again, I, I I recommend seeing the Doctor, this highly underrated film from 19, 1991 that kind of touches on the same themes, but not in such a ridiculous nature. Yes. William Hurt. Hurt. Yes. William Hurt. William yes. Hurt was the doctor and the doctor. Okay. Yeah. And doctor. speaking of actually. speaking of doctors, let's get the doctor's opinion. What did you think of Patch Adams? Okay. This is, I was uh, totally de uh, predisposed to hate this movie. Okay. Because I, it came out during a period of time when I did not have the time to go see movies. I was incredibly busy and so the first thing I heard about this movie is my patience keeping on coming up to me and saying, oh, you're just like Patch Adams. I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and the more I learned about the movie, the more, the more I was like, going, I know, I don't know. Um, yes. Laughter is fabulously good medicine. And yes, I do mm. think that the overwhelming majority of my profession needs to have the piss taken out of them. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, I, I don't like white jackets. I, yeah. The white jacket I, syndrome. I don't, yeah. I, I don't bristle when people call me, call me Dr. Julian, call me by my first name. Mm -hmm. I really don't get upset with it. And I'm very familiar with my patients. I, I think that the uh, logic of having, having a, cool remove from your patients is total bullshit. Mm -hmm. I think you treat, you know, I don't worry about them wondering who the doctor is. I'm the guy with the prescribing pad, right? I'm the doctor, you know, it's like, it's just a job. It's something you get trained to do and you do it and you try and do it well. Um, so that part of it, the philosophical part of it, I really was totally down with, but there is a, there is a boundary that you can't cross. And then you just, once you get past that, it's very hard to get back to, okay, I'm the guy that's telling you don't take the warmer off the shelf from Walmart yeah. <laughs> and having that be credible. And, um, and I think if you acted like that in a professional setting, it would be very difficult to get back across that line. There was also that really unbelievable part where he got all of the patients to stand up on their gurneys and yell, my captain, my captain. Wrong, yeah, wrong, wrong, wrong movie. Williams, wrong, right? yeah, wrong movie. Yeah, yeah no, uh-uh. All right, so the roles that we're going to recast are Patch Adams, played by Robin Williams, who was 47 at the time. Then we've got Karen, played by Monica Potter, who was 27 at the time. And then we've got Mitch, who is uh, Patch's old roommate from medical school, played by the late Philip Seymour Hoffman. And uh, Mitch is fairly conservative, and he's the one who convinces Patch 
that he should sue the board or take some basically, action? Basically contest, contest his the board. ejection from medical school. Gotcha, gotcha. Which would never go before a medical board. Right. That would go before the, uh, before the, it, I guess the board of the College of Medicine, the school board. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. That was like okay, that's not the proper venue. But then again, I was being too serious and I should have stopped. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who wants to go first with their recast of Patch Adams, played by Robin Williams? Guests go first. Guess. Okay, give it to us. Um, because it was a totally absurd film, and I think it would work a lot better as a little bit more of a mad cat comedy. Okay. Um. I went full, I went full bore down that road, and uh, somebody who I actually think has the dramatic heft to play like Robin Williams can pl- pull off dramatic roles. Right. But I would love to see him in this role. Was Will Ferrell? Will Ferrell would love to see that. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, yeah, it lo- yeah. It would be great to see uh, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my my hands. (laughs) (laughs) And over to you, Chelsea, your pick. Um, I thought Robin Williams was ridiculous in this movie, Uh so I cast someone equally ridiculous. Was it the clown nose? It was lots of things. Anyways, my actor was in Good Luck Chuck, My Best Friend's Girl, Dan in Real Life. I went with Dane Cook. Oh, boy. oh no, 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 Dane Cook. no, no. Isn't he canceled? No. I thought he was canceled. Before, he should have been canceled before even cancel culture for stealing people's jokes. Yep. Yeah. But he is just as obnoxious. I love it. I think that is a spot on recast. Oh, no, I can't cast Dane Cook as anything. <laughs> Sean, your turn. Uh, my actor will turn 40 this year. So he is a little bit young for the role. He can be seen in Space Force. Okay. Ooh. He can be seen in the upcoming Marvel TV series, MODOK. Uh, he was in Sonic the Hedgehog. And he Aww. was John Ralphio on Parks and Rec. I went with Ben Schwartz. Ben Schwartz is I really funny. It. Yeah, I like him a lot. He's funnier than Robin Williams. All right. We all kind of went in a similar direction here, except I like Robin Williams. So I picked somebody that I like. Um, he's in, oh, he's 44 now. So he's in the right age range. He was in Pacific Rim. He was in the very underrated Hotel Artemis. He's in the Lego movie, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia. I went with Charlie Day. Oh, Charlie, Charlie Day is going to be my Patch Adams. Yeah, he is. Next up, we've got Karen, played by Monica Potter, and she's a fellow medical student. Is yes. that right? Yes. He kind of develops a relationship with her. And Dr. Jules, what uh, what did you decide for this role? Okay, I went with the, uh, because I want to make this movie more funny, it mm-hmm. needs to be more funny. I went with probably one of the funniest women on the face of the planet. And I want her to be played by Kate McKinnon. Oh, oh yeah, she's awesome. awesome. Kate McKinnon's great. You will not hear any complaints in this room for that recast. Uh, Chelsea, who's your pick? Um, I thought she was very serious. Mm-hmm. And he was right. She is kind of bitchy. So I want somebody who can do bitchy better. So you my my actress was in the uh, room, uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. I went with Brie Larson. Oh, good nice. pick. Nice. Yeah. yeah, that's very good. Sean, over to you, buddy. I kind of went with a deep dive on mine. She's not very well known. 26 years old. She was in the CW series In the Dark. Uh, she played a character in Shameless. 
uh, but she was known as Franken Girl on Wizards of Waverly Place. Hmm. Her name is Perry Matfeld. Perry Matfeld. Okay. A little more face value. I can see it. All right. My uh, actress is 27 now as well. Oh, she was in the recent movie Villains. Do you remember Villains, Sean? Yes. yes. She was in Hot Summer Nights. She's in The Guest. And It Follows. Her name is Micah Monroe. Got it. She's being very selective about the roles that she takes. And I think that's great. We've got one more. I'm very interested to see how this turns out, Sean. Uh, his name is Mitch Roman, and he was played by Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was 31 at the time. And Doc, who you got? I um I went for a very low-key, serious actor. I think he could bring a lot of heft to this role and make it the dramatic tour de force that it is. I picked Gilbert Gottfried. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Chelsea, your pick? Yeah, my pick. I watched him in a movie this week, a really bad movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's called Sex Ed. But you'd know him as a kid actor. Yeah. He was in Secondhand Lions, which I friggin' love, that movie, and The Sixth Sense. Uh Uh-huh. I went with Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. (laughs) Nice. That's funny. I've seen that movie Sex Ed, which is why I know it was not good. (laughs) It's so bad. Uh, if you want something along those lines, watch the Jillian uh, Anderson TV series about the about like she's a sex therapist who's also a mom. Nice, it's pretty good. Uh, Sean, your pick. Uh, you know, in my mind, it, it's hard to recast uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, so I kind of went with somebody who was less known, but I think he might have some stuff coming up that will make him a little more famous. He was in I Zombie. He was in a film called Unbroken: Path to Redemption. He was in a film called Haunt, and uh, he is in the upcoming Matrix 4. Ah. Uh, His name is Andrew Lewis Caldwell. Andrew Lewis Caldwell. I have no idea who that is. Yeah, you've never seen him before. He's just kind of a frumpy-looking dude with a mustache. He's he's one of the first times that we haven't picked the same person for something, Sean. I know, right? It's been a trend lately. My uh, actor is 32 now. And to me, he's the only, the only actor who makes sense to play Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, as a child, he was the bully Ox in the movie Like Mike with Lil Bow Wow. Uh, he's also in The Irishman, The Master, and he's been in Kirsten Dunst. His name is Jesse Plemons. <laughs> Jesse yeah, Plemons. I shopped him, and yes. then I remembered this movie. And I yes, was like, That's what I got. Yeah, do. Jesse's a, a shooting star right now. Yeah, man, he he's in everything. On top of the world. Oh, he was um, in the master with Joaquin oh. Phoenix. Well, what in the the master? Wasn't that oh, Philip, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's 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 a good point. Yeah. All right. So, final thoughts. Um, watch the doctor instead. Amen. I no. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I think I like it a little bit more than you guys, but it's not like my favorite movie. So, with that being said, it's time for our final bonus segment. Nice. Which is going to be a battle royale. A battle to the death between the following people. In their prime. In their prime. We have a battle between Dr. Teeth, Dr. Fauci, and Dr. Who. Oh, shit. It needs to be explained. It is the Matt Smith Dr. Who. It is. It's the 11th Doctor. Yes. You're our guest. You get to go first. Oh, I get to go first? Yeah. Who do you think is going to win? 
and why? Well, it, and what are and what are we bat? What are it's the, a battle royale. Are, are they with batlets or whatever? What, what weapon? Whatever they bring to the party. Yeah. Okay. It's Fauci? your it's your hypothetical no, scenario. Fauci with no. a scalpel. Doctor no. Teeth with a what drum drum set. No, microphone. Animal. Microphone. Yeah, I'm. You know, Piano. I'm a diehard Doctor Who fan. My license plate does say TARDIS. I'm gonna have to go with Matt Smith. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Over to you, Chelsea. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Fauci because he's so happy right now. It's a good bet right now. I mean, he is on top of the world. I got to go with Matt Smith, a.k.a. Doctor Who. He, the guy can bend space and time. He can face off against the yeah. Daleks. It's Doctor Who. And he's he also wear a fez like a champ. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm going with Doctor Teeth. Um, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. I've seen a couple episodes here Ooh, and there. Boo. Um, yeah, no, I, I like Dr. Fauci, yeah. and but I already had COVID. Yeah. So I'm just going to let it ride and roll the dice with Dr. Teeth. <laughs> I love the Muppets. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, Travis. We've been friends for, uh -huh. for more than a decade. No, I'm wrong. You're, you're done. <laughs> you're done. I want to thank the guest, sir. Dr. Jules, thank you for being here and uh, sharing your expertise with us. I, my my uh, pronunciation of amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. Yes. yes. Chelsea, thank you for being here and having pics and all that stuff. Uh, do you know what next Rude. week's episode is? I don't because you didn't send me the invite. So. Oh, that's oh, so you why. Invited, you just no, you're definitely you're yeah. definitely on there. You just or maybe not, maybe I'm... nobody's been added on there because we had to move some stuff around. In yeah, the that's the weeks. only one I don't have. Ah, okay. Maybe it. Um, maybe you will get it in the future because it's going to be time travel movies part two. It's that time again, <laughs> and so I do have a sneak preview. Question and answer for this coming week's trivia. Along with co-stars Aubrey Plaza and Jake Johnson, what actor plays the time traveler Kenneth who's recruiting a mission partner through the classified ads in 2012's Safety Not Guaranteed? No clue. I, me neither. Here's a hint. He was in my recast of The Hospital. You shopped him too, Sean. Oh, Mark Duplass. Mark Duplass, Duplass. is correct. And uh, speaking of Sean, I want to thank you, sir, for everything that you do. Yeah. Thank you for your hard work week in and week out. My co-host and co-producer and the editor extraordinaire. Anything you want to plug this week, sir? Well, Adios Amigo, which we enjoyed oh, no, tonight, will, will be bottled soon. So yeah. uh, look for that bottle to be on your store shelves. Be good to your fellow man and women. Chelsea, anything you'd like to plug? Trivia. Trivia. It'll be back next week um, with... Uh, a playlist in English. <laughs> also, thank you for the category. Oh, the boy band category. Oh, it was amazing. That. And uh, Dr. Jules, anything you'd like to plug? Well, I'm disappointed that I don't get to be on the Time Warp episode because I am probably the only person in this room who has read a book about Time Warps. Uh, Kip Thorne, well-known gravitational physicist uh -huh. who wrote a book ca uh, called Wormholes and Time Warps. And I've read the whole damn thing. And it's interesting as hell. Well, let me tell you, we would gladly have you back on. Mm -hmm. I, I can it's entertain you with tales of cosmologic quantum theory. <laughs> love it. I love it. All right. Also, please remember to uh, rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcatcher apps. We're hosted online on Podbean. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're Cinema Chop Shop on those things. 
And we're cinemachopshop at gmail.com for our email address. The beer that we checked in today will be checked in on Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D. We are Cinema Chop Shop on there as well. Thank you to you, the listeners. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Wear a mask. And it'd be a whole lot cooler if you did. Please remember to watch Chop Retrofit. (laughs) It'd be a whole lot cooler if you did wear a mask. Oh, yeah. And get your vaccine.